Hey there, kids. It's another edition of the Bavada at Odds podcast, and we are here. My name is Seth Everett. He is the head odds maker at BavadaSportsbook.com, the great Patrick Morrow. And uh, Patrick, you know, a little bit behind the curtain, uh, last week, uh, because I was traveling, uh, we recorded the show a couple of days early, right? I mean, a couple of days earlier than we normally do. So this is the first time that we are actually on the air since the fighting began in Ukraine. Um, I just want to say, you know, on behalf of everybody associated with this podcast, with Underdog Podcast, um, I'm not, you know, speaking for, for Patrick, um, our thoughts go out to the folks of Ukraine. This is a senseless, senseless uh, tragedy, and it just seems to be going on and on and on. And while we try to stay away, you know, when, when we talk about politics, we do about the odds <laughs> regarding politics. You know, there were a bunch of people that bet on last night's uh, State of the Union in, in the United States. But I just thought, you know, before we get into any of the sports stuff, we should acknowledge our thoughts go out to the folks of Ukraine. Yeah, of course. Uh, well said, Seth. I uh, couldn't say it better myself. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, 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 it's tough to top, right? I mean, like you, you, you nailed everything. Uh, you know, it, it does feel silly that, uh, you know, we, we, ha- we, we, you know, over here in North America, we are just so insulated really from so much of this craziness. Like it, it's not just the people in the Ukraine. It's a lot of bordering states there that have to be wondering whether well, or when 600,000 refugees that are you know fleeing, they have to go somewhere. Right. Yeah. It's, it's forced a lot of uh, interesting dynamics changes like uh, Sweden, for example, famously neutral Switzerland, for example, famously neutral. They are taking sides uh, in a way that they've never taken sides in, in my, certainly in my lifetime anyways, you know, like famously neutral, listen, not our problem kind of people providing, you know, financial support, providing, you know, military support. It is really interesting to see how this stuff is changing in real time. It's just changing what I, I think we all kind of felt we knew about that part of the world. It's uh, it's fascinating. It's scary. And of course, yeah, it, it does feel, uh, it certainly makes me feel grateful to be on this side of the Atlantic where uh, I can post odds about the State of the Union address. How long will Biden's speech be uh, while that kind of stuff is happening over there? So uh, it, it does make me grateful for the safety and security we have being on this side of the Atlantic. And uh, yeah, just hopefully everyone that is affected by what's happening over there uh is able to uh, grin and bear it out as best they can. And hopefully hostilities come to an end sooner rather than later. Yeah, we, we, we all need it. It seems like we're all on the same page when it comes to that. We're not on the same page with anything politically, but uh, man, uh, it just seems like the rhetoric has been much more positive uh, in condemning, you know, what, what has gone on uh, it, with, with the case of Russia. Nonetheless, um, you know, in the sports world, it's a very, very interesting time. Um, you know, the, the NBA continues, the trade deadline has come and gone. The, uh, NHL continues. The competition has been great. You know, you have teams that are fighting for playoff spots last week on sports with friends. I did this episode where, um, they were talking about, you know, in the West, how many teams still are in striking distance. Whereas in the East, it's kind of like, you know, who the playoff teams are going to be. And then you know, it would have to be a gross, uh, change. That's a difference uh, that that usually doesn't happen. And, you know, meanwhile, college basketball, you're getting down to the home stretch. A lot of teams know their seeding in their conference tournaments, which is, you know, before Selection Sunday, the biggest thing that you can anticipate is the 
the conference tournaments. I know I'm throwing all these sports at you. Where do you want to start? <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's a great place to start. And I was actually just thinking uh, last week um, that, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to start consuming basketball uh, a little bit more responsibly as a fan and as an odds maker. Uh, this is a really difficult, especially college. Col- college is great, but there are just so many friggin' teams And it starts in November when we're in the thick of it with all the other major sports, you know, college football and NFL, obviously two of the largest ones with us, but uh, it it, it is cool. I love this time of year where we get that, you know, a little bit of a break that two weeks or so after the Super Bowl, And then it's like, okay, here we go. March. I love March. I love the conference tourneys. Obviously the mid-major ones are the ones that get my interest. They don't get the TV, uh, Bonafides that the Big East is going to get that the ACC gets, but these are the tournaments where teams are playing for their March Madness lives. They, these are where the auto bids. Yeah, every tournament is an auto bid, but you know the top teams in the ACC they are going to March Madness. The top teams in the SEC, we know Auburn's going to be there. We know Kentucky's going to be there. This is a formality, and we have seen in the bigger tournaments uh, in years past a lot of coaches. Uh, you know, a Kansas Bill Self is famous for this. He is a king in the Big 12 regular season, the Big 12 tournament, he can take or leave it. So I love seeing the way the mid-majors play out at the awkward hours. Uh, You know, they're maybe not always on ESPN or CBS or Fox, but that's what I'm seeking out. I I love those games. This is where the drama of March Madness has already quietly started. So I love the college hoops, but because you touched on the NBA, I I am fascinated just seeing how wide open it continues to be this year with Phoenix. This year, this year differently, right? This year, very much so. Very much so. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at the Lakers odds. They're 66 to 1 right now, which seems crazy. But looking at what that team is, uh, LeBron James is really the only above average healthy player they have right now. If you're comparing them against the best of the best in the rest of the league, uh, it's weird and, you know, a little bit frightening for me to have that out there. But, I just don't see how they do it. Conversely, what, what about the s- net? Yeah. Like, yeah. The can perfect. I steer you in a little bit? Yeah. You're going yeah, yeah, to the-, the nets because that's the strangest, the situation. I mean, it's one thing, you know, yes, they've had injuries and they traded Harden and, and I get that they can't win all, right. all of a sudden. And, and it, it, I thought there was talent there. Right. And that's, so I was going to go to the nets anyways. Perfect. Perfect. I appreciate that sick. nudging. I yeah. know. I love it. I love it. It only took how many episodes to get there, but we finally. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the Nets, they remind me of uh, kind of like the bu- the bubble Lakers a little bit, where the Lakers, well, you know, they were load management. They had a low seed. It, it was either the bubble Lakers or the year after Lakers, but similar scenario where they were just playing to get into the playoffs at this point. The Nets aren't going to be competing for uh, one of the top seeds in the East. They're just trying to get there. And if they get there, they can be like that Lakers team uh, or the Golden State even uh, pre-bubble that, listen, if they get there and they're healthy, they are going to be a force to deal with. Uh, they are still, despite the fact that, I don't, I don't even know if they're above 500 right now, uh, they are still the third largest favorite uh, with us because- It's crazy, really. It's really, it, exactly. And, you know, the betting is reinforcing that right now. They are still above- but Is that because of a lot of people who made early season bets? Listen, that does play a part, but, you know- Marginally, uh, you know, it, what, what, what that means is that if they're plus 550 now, uh, if there weren't early season bets on them, maybe they'd be six to one wow. plus 650. But they'd still be based on our numbers if they are a healthy squad that can make the playoffs. That's that's really the big question right now is that because they are on the periphery, uh, what can this team do? If this team can get in and get in healthy on paper, they are great. Uh, 
we would certainly like to actually see some of that uh, take place prior to the playoffs to give us a better idea. And that is why NBA is really the one of the hardest sports for us to build really good rating systems for. And, you know, you can look at the Spurs, who uh, famously did load management for anybody else. They got fined for doing load management on national television. Uh, David Stern was not too happy about that. But, uh, you know, how do you rate a team properly properly? Uh, like the Lakers with LeBron and, you know, that he's missing games or he's playing, you know, at half speed. And listen, he's a guy who can afford to play at half speed. The playoffs matter more than anything else. But, uh, you know, Nate Silver in 538 famously had uh, the Golden State Warriors at like a 3% chance going to the playoffs a few years ago because he built his system on the output of the regular season. And when teams attack the regular season differently than they do the playoffs, it creates really a negative bad data loop for us to try and sort through. So I, I would say out of uh, all the major sports that we deal with at Bavada, um, NBA is definitely one where we have to invoke a little bit of art in the handicapping. It, it can't just be all science because the data we have is really, really flawed and doesn't have the necessary context if we just look at it. Otherwise, the Toronto Raptors would be winning everything every year because they play the regular season very optimally, very seriously. Uh, but the Toronto Raptors don't win every year. They won once, though, and that's pretty cool. I didn't expect they would when they did. I was in Toronto when that happened. I know the game was in Golden State, but that party was something else. But yeah, it, it continues to be just really challenging to rate these teams. You almost have to rate them as to what they can be versus what they actually are. And uh yeah, as a result, uh, we have uh, a pretty big uh, liability on Golden State right now, which is kind of unfortunate. Well, is it? You know, we 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 should talk about, you know, your favorite, you you the, you know favorite sporting events that you've attended, um, you know, or at least been in the city for. You know, that's that's kind of a kind of a fun thing. I don't have those NBA memories and I've covered two NBA finals. I covered the NBA finals when the New Jersey Nets were in it Ooh. with Jason Kidd and uh, uh, Kenyon Martin and uh, Richard Jefferson. And when I remember being in the arena mm -hmm. and it was this, you know, it's the Meadowlands arena. I grew up there. It's, you know, I understand that, that feeling. I, I, I remember it as a kid, um, they were more San Antonio Spurs fan and Los Angeles Lakers there. That was Shaq and Kobe, if you mm -hmm. remember. And they were more fans of the other team. Other than that, I've covered nothing but bad NBA basketball. <laughs> I've covered <laughs> I've covered the Sonics after Sean Kemp when they had Vin Baker. I covered the Denver Nuggets when they were going for the all-time worst winning percentage. I have seen nothing, but <laughs> I covered the New Jersey Nets when they were uh, going for Carmelo Anthony and didn't get him. And I, I don't know if I've told you this story, but uh, there, were, there was a manager. If you remember that season, that I'm sure if you were doing odds, you were doing odds on whether or not the New Jersey Nets would acquire Car Carmelo Anthony, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And eventually the Russian billionaire, Mikhail Prokhorov, came in and he declared one day that they were no longer going to be pursuing Carmelo Anthony. And there was an executive that took three interns into like the smoking pavilion at the Prudential Center. Okay. And had them burn posters that had been made of Carmelo Anthony in a Nets uniform. They wow. wouldn't trust the garbage. They couldn't just throw them away. They had to light them on fire. 
because they didn't want anybody to see that they had made Carmelo Anthony posters. And I love telling that. I love outing them for that. And it makes me crack up. Mikhail Prokhorov. Man, I wonder wonder if his assets are still safe today as of this recording. Yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> oh my god. I I I was reading that like uh, they were tracking oligarch uh, yachts that were fleeing to like the Maldives and uh, Montenegro yesterday. So wow. uh it's it's insane how much of this has moved in real time. Uh you know, we were talking before uh Russia, Russia, uh well, FIFA should be what I'm yeah, want to uh, elaborate on the FIFA has banned Russia from the World Cup, so they were two hundred to one. It's not like they were one of the big favorites, but it is interesting to see what happens. What happens to their to anybody who placed a bet on them? Ah, uh, we're good guys. We uh, it's supposed to be all bets have action, but we void uh, because <laughs> it's very unique circumstances when your country kind of like a uh, pandemic. You have that button. Yeah, like uh, you know, it's it's yeah. We we've gone from COVID cancellations to uh, potential World, World War Three cancellations. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, yeah, it, it, that'll be another thing to watch for. It, Russia not being able to compete in that. Uh, you know, there's been talks that uh, you know that they may be excluded from the World Junior Hockey Championship, which is uh, scheduled now to resume in August. And uh, I think uh, maybe Calgary or Edmonton. I'm not sure if they've decided on the exact city yet, but definitely in the province of Alberta, which. It'll be neat for us in Canada to have World Junior Hockey in August. I know I'll be excited for that because it's usually uh, on Boxing Day and over the Christmas period, and it just it's too much going on with the uh, you know the bowl games and NFL is happening. I, I, I like it. I World Junior if maybe we'll only have MLB otherwise and preseason NFL. What about the NFL Combine? Is there a lot of action on that? Gosh, the NFL really. Combine. They couldn't even give us a break, could they? You know, I was talking about two weeks <laughs> post Super Bowl, and uh, yeah, they, they are not going to give us a week of the year, are they? To chill, um, we don't have the Combine odds up yet, but yeah, that is something that we do post every year. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's crazy the kind of betting we know the NFL is king. We beat it into the ground, but even betting on the Combine will have more action than I'd say the highest bet on NHL game that day. So that is again just really kind of spooky and it, it shows though that we consume and love football more so than just any other sport and our, our players reinforce that on the day with us i am surprised to see how much that uh, nba has started to catch up to nfl wagering uh in the last five years i don't know if that's just part of uh nba maybe having a better global brand but the nfl is still king uh, when the, when those combine odds go up and we'll definitely reference them when they do uh, the betting on that will be significant. It, it is a pretty cool thing. And I joke about the NFL not giving us a break. I, I, I love it. Uh, I, I love that I can, whether it's futures odds, whether it's combine stuff, whether it's the draft when we get there, even when it's filthy preseason football, uh, there is a way to just constantly. That's the only thing I complain about. I don't complain <laughs> about anything else. Oh, it's, it, and, it, it's, and I'm equal opportunity. Yeah. Preseason everything. Yes. It's terrible, but there are good betting opportunities. And, uh, you know, I, as someone who dabbles in betting markets himself, I'm not just on this side of the window. I also participate. Uh, I, I love those opportunities. And it makes me better at what I do as well. If I'm participating in these markets and I'm looking for angles, then I can also, you know, tidy up our live betting on the NFL preseason side as well, which I wish we didn't have to offer. I honestly, to God, wish that uh, my bosses will one day heed my call to not offer it. But until then, we will. I will learn, and maybe one day I will be the best NFL preseason better. That is what my about, goal. What about the numbers of uh, bets on Premier League versus MLS ah, since we're in North America? That's that's a good question. And um, 
looking at latest numbers, they are it's it's pretty split, and I I think that's and that and that split has come from MLS catching up, I should say. So it used to be, uh, you know, I I'd say ninety percent of all of our soccer betting at Bavada would be. Uh, some kind of combination of English Premier League and then like Champions League stuff, like the the top European teams. Like people aren't betting on Real Madrid and Barcelona uh, in a league game, but if it's the Champions League, if it's the European Cup, uh, they're participating in that. Now we are legit seeing a 50-50 split of people that are betting on just MLS and people who are just betting on soccer in Europe. So uh, credit to the growth of the game that it is something that it's not... It's not really, cons- you know, it's, yeah, it's not the NFL. It's not NBA. It's, it's still a tier below that, but it's, it, it competes with hockey. It competes with NHL betting. Absolutely. And uh, that, that's very cool for us to see. And it's really made us uh, had to change our strategy around who we're hiring, who we're bringing in to trade these kind of sports. Uh, candidly, I did not think MLS, uh, you know, if you asked me five years ago about how successful it'd be today, I, I, I saw a path, but I didn't think it would be as successful and be driving the kind of betting uh, that we're currently seeing. Uh, it, it's very cool. I, I, I like being wrong about things that are good for sports. I, I like that when I'm a pessimist about something that I'm shown to be wrong and we're just getting more fans, more engagement. And uh, it, it, it's awesome. I, you know, soccer is one of the sports that I personally don't bet the most, but as a fan, I think I still enjoy uh, purely, oh yeah, Liverpool Chelsea on Sunday was just. I was, I don't know if you saw, but that was the Caribou Cup, uh, the League Caribou, Cup, yeah. Uh, and it went 11 shots and penalties. No, not not one save was actually made, just uh, the goalkeeper at the end, you know, careening it over the net. Unfortunately, it's a horrible way to lose, but that game was awesome. And you know, I, I think that's where the Premier League has done a really good job, and the networks in the US have done a really good job of uh, bringing more people into the game of soccer. And I think that's been great for MLS. You know, it's been so smart about the Premier League coverage. This is the first season I've been watching it as in-depth. Mm. Uh, I subscribe to Peacock, so I see that coverage too. Um, the, the First of all, the coverage, they talk about it in real time, meaning what they'll say is that they, you know, the pro, the, in their pregame show, they'll mm. say good morning. They'll say coming up at 8 a.m. You know, like they, they don't pretend that these games that that's when these games are happening in, in, in this country. Mm -hmm. And they'll, they'll say that. I love that. Um, I think the NBC premier league coverage is head over heels. Really good. It's so good. Tim Howard is good. Uh, Rebecca Lowe is brilliant. Um, It's just so good. And what it does is the, the idea of it all mm-hmm. is really about how this is going to come down, you know, in terms of you saw how much NBC paid $2.75 billion for the rights to the Premier League. The MLS got merely a fraction of that. That's telling that, 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 that says all you, you know, that's all you can say. Yeah, but it's it's what the people want more than. Uh, I, I mean, it, I get it. It's the best of the best. Uh, the best players are playing in Europe right now. They are not playing in the MLS. I think the MLS does a really good job of, you know, trying to get those aging stars that are on their last leg. And hey, listen, we'll pay you 
for one last dance and we'll pay you more than you can get in Europe. And that's good for the game. I think, you know, having Beckham come over, having uh, Zlatan, uh, Ibrahimovic. Yeah, but those were at the end of their careers. But th- but that's that's the point. That's the only point where they could get them, and it's it's still better than nothing. I think uh, it draws you know a little bit more attention to this side. You know, I I didn't know or care about the LA Galaxy before Beckham went there, and I listen. It didn't really move the needle that much for me afterwards, but they were relevant, and I think. MLS and I, I again I can see it in our betting numbers uh, it continues to just be one of our massive growers at Bavada which is really really you know again continues to surprise me but surprises me in a great way and I think you know you have uh, I, I do think you know when some teams added uh, you know I'm going to be a uh, New York City FC or something like that or yeah. oh no no Rail Salt Lake that's the one where I'm like all right come on we're, we're trying a bit too hard but the tie-ins it, it works a little bit a lot of people when they Look, start there, are, there are places Seattle Sounders do very well there are Sounders places where MLS is, is is exponentially bigger but it is not it's not on the level and you can say you know when I tell people they say are you a soccer fan not really I am hmm. a Premier League fan yeah, that's fair. I buy into the Premier League. I'm I'm in. And really what I'm I'm at is I watch my team. You know, I'll I'll find out when Arsenal's playing. Mm. You know, working from home, the these games are available at random times. For example, yes. Saturdays, I do early morning radio. Mm-hmm. If you're telling me there's a Premier League game at 7:30 and I can watch that live, that's perfect for me. That's not at night. Yeah, You know, you and I are both NHL fans. Very rarely are there day, day games. And when they are, they are a welcome sight. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the, the weekday Champions League games are awesome in that 2.45 time slot. They are going to end just before 5 p.m. So I could be running reports. I could be tracking lines. I could be doing everything. And I've got Champions League soccer. I've got the best players in the world competing in front of me on a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon. I love that because, again, I... Uh, you know, I did most of my work from home uh, before COVID hit, and I'm still doing almost all of it here. Very rarely am I working outside of uh, the Pat Morrow compound, but uh, it, I, I love the weekday games. I love the early morning games. Uh, it is, it is per- you know, you, you can really get some sports overkill in the fall when you get 7 a.m. soccer, 10 a.m. soccer, and then you get to noon and all of a sudden college football starting. It's, you can really lose yourself in all of it, but uh I mean, I, I, I'd like to say I was a soccer fan before it was cool, but uh, it's still, you know, the glam of it all still hasn't uh, worn off on me yet. I just, I love it. I consume it. And, uh, you know, there's very few times that I find myself yelling at the TV, watching sports. And that uh, Liverpool Chelsea game on Sunday, there was so much back and forth. There was the VAR, which I don't really feel great about uh, making some really impactful calls. It, it had everything except goals and regulation, but uh, it, it was fantastic. I was just uh, yelling. But full disclaimer uh, for the people listening, I am also a Liverpool fan, so that's probably why some of that screaming was coming into play. Yes, there was a game, and we didn't do trash talk. You know, I, it's it's just not working. Uh, that'll do it for the Bavada at Odds podcast. Uh, again, don't forget go to bavadasportsbook.com for all the latest odds on whatever it is that strikes your fancy. We'll be back next week with another episode. Patrick, say something funny. Something funny.